Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Mikey. Um, so this morning we're going to start by reading um, from Matthew chapter 13 and we're going to be reading verses 44 to 46. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. In 2010, a wealthy American man named Forrest Fenn published a memoir declaring that he had hidden around $2 million worth of treasure somewhere in the American Rocky Mountains. Fenn included clues as to where the treasure was hidden and invited people to search for the treasure uh, and that they would be able to keep the treasure if they found it. Over the years, many people tried to find this treasure and failed. In January 2016, Randy Bilyeu went to search for the treasure and he went missing. Six months later, Randy's body was found and the following year three more men lost their lives searching for the treasure. Yet despite the danger people kept searching. People even moved to the area so they could search full-time for this treasure. In February of this year 53 year old Michael Wayne Sexton decided that he wanted to have a go. He he felt that he understood the clues and he knew where the treasure was hidden. He had to go and see for himself if it was there. He had to try and get the two million dollars. And so in February of this year, Michael took his friend. They traveled to Colorado. Uh, They hired two schema bills and they set out into the Rocky Mountains. But it's a harsh environment and pretty soon Michael and his friend became stuck in deep snow. They couldn't get out. Michael couldn't get any cell signal on his phone so he had to climb up high to try and get signal. Well he did manage to get signal and they summoned help and thankfully Michael and his friend were rescued. But Michael couldn't shake the feeling that he knew where this treasure was hidden. He was back home but he wanted to be back in the Rockies claiming the two million. And so the next month in March of this year Michael and his friend travelled back. They hired the same schema bills. They set out uh, into the Rocky Mountains to find this treasure, this two million dollars. But again they became stuck. Again they needed to call for help. Again Michael climbed high uh, to get signal on his phone. But this time Michael fell 
he injured his arm and he was in a bad way. Michael and his friend couldn't escape their way out. Their uh, schema bills uh, were stuck in the snow. A couple of days later, friends raised the alarm. The authorities quickly realized these were the same two people we rescued a month ago. And, and so they went to the same area and quickly they found Michael and his friend. But this time, Michael had not survived. It cost him his life. Like those four other men those years earlier, Michael had lost his life trying to find this treasure. He'd given everything to try and find the $2 million. You see, as people, we treasure the things which we hope will bring us happiness and satisfaction. The reason these men were willing to risk everything is because the level of hope they put in this treasure. And you can see why, because think about what you could do with $2 million. You could buy a really nice house in a nice area and you'd have enough uh, to put into a bunch of shares and you could live off the proceeds for the foreseeable future. You wouldn't have to worry about money. You could have a very comfortable life. You see, this treasure, Fenn's treasure, was a treasure because of the hope that it offered, because of the satisfaction and the happiness which those men thought it could bring them. That's what made it a treasure. For the rest of this message, we're going to look at two kinds of treasure. We're going to first look at earthly treasure, and then we're going to look at a better treasure, a treasure that God offers us. First, let's look at this earthly treasure. What do I mean by earthly treasure? I mean things like wealth, health, fame, uh, a lovely house, uh, career success, uh, that picture-perfect marriage. These are the things that society encourages us to put our hope in. These are the things that society says we need to live for. If you want happiness and satisfaction, these are the treasures that you must seek. But so often these earthly treasures are out of our reach. Let's look at some examples. Uh, perhaps you want a great career. You're aware that you're going to spend a lot of time for a lot of years working. And so you want that to be fulfilling and enjoyable. Perhaps you have a dream job in mind. Well, government research shows that only a fraction of people end up in their ideal job, a small percentage. The same research shows us that most people earn much less than they expect from their career. Uh, we see from figures that two-thirds of workers dread returning to work after a weekend, that three in four feel stressed about their job. That treasure of the great, fulfilling dream job is out of reach for almost everyone. What about the picture-perfect marriage that will give you all the satisfaction and happiness you crave? Well, you probably know that almost half of UK marriages now end in divorce. For most, uh, that treasure of that Hollywood marriage is 
out of reach. What about family, having children? Well, many of us are finding that actually even having kids in the first place is more difficult than we expect. There are no guarantees. What about that dream home? Well, in the last 50 years, UK houses have got smaller and much, much more expensive. And the reality is that ideal home that you maybe picture yourself living in in 20 years is likely out of reach. You see, these earthly treasures, these things which we're encouraged to put our hope in, these things that we feel we need in order to be happy and satisfied, so many of these things are just going to be out of our reach. These earthly treasures, they're hard to come by. But the second thing about earthly treasures is so often they are fleeting and always they are temporary. In the 1980s in Germany, there was a bricklayer called Rolf, and Rolf had a son called Michael. And Rolf adored his son Michael, and he got his son Michael one of those plastic carts that you can push toddlers around in. And two-year-old Michael loved his cart. And Rolf was quite ingenious. He was a, he was a practical guy, and he figured out a way to attach a motor to Michael's little cart so that he could race around and quickly uh, Michael got himself into trouble with this he he bashed into a lamppost on his cart and and Rolf's wife Michael's mother said look this is you know this isn't safe you need to find a better way uh, that Michael can do this and so Rolf took his son Michael to the local go-karting track and quickly it became clear that Michael was much quicker than the other kids. He was uh, winning uh, the races that he entered. And Rolf realized, my son is really gifted. Uh, like the men looking for the Fen treasure, uh, Rolf saw there's maybe treasure on offer here. My son could maybe make a career of this if I make the right uh, choices. If I give everything, uh, maybe my son can attain the treasures uh, that are so valuable in this lifetime of money and fame and success. And so Rolf took a second job. He worked his fingers to the bone so that Michael could race. And race he did. And he continued to win. And he climbed the ranks. And eventually Michael reached Formula One. And from his very first race in Formula One, it was clear that Michael had something special. He was a cut above the rest. A few years into his Formula One career, Michael was racing for Benetton. He'd reached a competitive team. And in the San Marino Grand Prix, Michael was in second place behind the legend Ayrton Senna. He was racing behind Ayrton Senna when suddenly Senna's car lost control. Senna hit the barrier and Senna was killed. And Formula One was a dangerous sport. The previous day, another driver had been killed in the same event. Well, Michael continued to race. He, he won that race that day. He won the championship that year. He won six more world championships. And he came through his Formula One career relatively unscathed. 
he came out of it a legend, rich with fame and all the success that you could dream of. He had a great family. He had an amazing home in Switzerland with a private beach. Michael Schumacher had all the earthly treasures you could hope for. Everything that our society would say, put your hope in. This will give you satisfaction and happiness. Michael Schumacher had it. In 2013, uh, Michael was skiing with his son when he fell and hit his head on a rock. The helmet that Schumacher was wearing saved his life, but Michael Schumacher suffered serious brain damage. And now Michael Schumacher can't move a bone in his body. He can't communicate with his family. In an instant, Michael Schumacher went from having all the earthly treasures you could hope for to being unable to speak to his wife, unable to ever communicate with his son. You see, the thing about earthly treasure is, in the unlikely event we attain it, it is so fleeting and ultimately is always temporary. And often we try to ignore this, don't we? But we're so aware that we could lose the things we value so easily. The third and final thing I want to say about earthly treasures are that they are so often disappointing. When I was looking at UK government research around careers, I noted that the most popular of ideal jobs among teenagers and young people were jobs like acting and singing. Being a professional actor or professional musician, this is the number one dream job of our young people. What of the people that achieve this dream, that attain this treasure, that become famous acclaimed musicians or actors? Well, what we see so often is depression. Suicide. We see people attaining all the treasure that we're promised will make us happy and satisfied, and yet they are dissatisfied and unhappy. You see, earthly treasure, if you can attain it, if it isn't taken away from you, is so often disappointing. But there's a better treasure. There's a better treasure than the things I've been talking about. And this is what I want to focus on for the rest of this message this morning. Because what I've said so far is bad news if your hope is in these earthly treasures to bring you happiness. If your hope is for a marriage to fulfil you, is for a career to fulfil you, is for wealth and a great home and all these things in order to make you happy and satisfied, then what I've said is bad news. But let's look again at what Jesus said in the first of the parables you read at the start and then understand why that is great news and real hope for us. Matthew 13 verse 44, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in his field. In his excitement, he hid the treasure again, sold everything he owned so that he could get enough money to buy the field. What does this mean? Well, John Piper summarises this parable 
in this way. The kingdom of God is so valuable that losing everything on earth but getting the kingdom is a happy trade-off. In other words, not getting these treasures, uh, these earthly treasures that we might hope for, we might feel that we need, that's okay if we have the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is far better. And it means that when we decide where to put our hope in earthly treasures or in this kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is the better place to put our hope. It means we don't need the earthly treasures and it means the right place to put our hope is in this kingdom of God. And so what is the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God in this parable? Well, uh, again, John Piper explains it like this. In this parable, the kingdom of God is almost synonymous with salvation. And so this treasure uh, that Jesus is talking about, what he's saying is so much better than anything the world can offer, is the salvation that I offer, the salvation that Christ offers. Let's look a bit at that. Let's compare and contrast this treasure that Jesus offers, this salvation, with the treasure that society, that the world offers us. Well, first, I said that where earthly, I said that earthly treasure is so often out of reach. But the treasure that Jesus offers, it isn't dependent on us doing great things, us getting a bit lucky. It isn't depending on us, our parent being desperate for us to succeed at something when we're young. Uh, the, earth, the treasure that Christ offers is earned by him and it's freely given. Look at Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. This is good news because the treasure that the world tells us we need is so hard to get. But the treasure that Jesus says is so much better is freely given. Jesus has done the hard work. Second, I said that earthly treasure is is fleeting, it's temporary. But in contrast, the treasure that Jesus offers is eternal. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You see, the gift that Jesus offers, salvation, relationship with him, coming into God's family, this gift isn't a gift that ends at any point in this life. It's not a gift that ends at death. It's a gift that goes into eternity. And so we await Jesus' return, at which point he will finally establish his final kingdom. He will renew the earth. He will give us new bodies. And there'll be no more sin. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more pain. You see, Jesus' gift is an eternal one. Jesus' treasure is an eternal one. And thirdly, I said that earthly treasure is often a letdown. Earthly treasure is often disappointing. Often when we get it, 
it's not enough. We want more. We want something else. Or, or maybe there is nothing else. And so we become disappointed. Well, the thing about uh, God's gift is God's gift comes from the one who created you. God's gift comes from the one who knows what you need, knows what will satisfy you ultimately, knows what will bring you happiness because God created you. Colossians 1 verse 16 says, through Christ, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we see and the things we can't see. Everything was created through him and for him. You see, the gift of God ultimately will not disappoint you will not leave you dissatisfied because when it reaches its fullness, when God establishes through Jesus the new renewed earth, his final kingdom, you'll be experiencing what you were created to experience. You will not be disappointed. And so where earthly treasure is so hard to attain, is usually out of reach, actually God's treasure is freely given. Where earthly treasure is fleeting and temporary, God's gift, God's treasure is eternal. And where earthly treasure is so often a letdown when we do get it, so often disappointing, God's treasure is, is the thing that you were designed for, the thing that you were designed to enjoy and experience. And so we're going to bring, bring it to a close now. But in closing, I want to highlight the real challenge to this parable and this message. And that really is that often these two things are in conflict. Often earthly treasure is in competition with Jesus for your heart. And Jesus highlights this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, talking about money. Jesus says this, no one can serve two masters, for you all hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Both of these things can't ultimately be your treasure. What is your treasure this morning? What could you not live without? Where is your hope? In considering that and thinking about where you want to put your hope, uh, let me share with you a quote from maybe an unexpected source. Jeff Bezos, uh, CEO of Amazon. Jeff Bezos says this, think about the great expanse of time ahead of you and try to make sure you're planning for that in a way that's going to leave you ultimately satisfied. And what I want to say to you is, in thinking about that, looking ahead into the great expanse of time and thinking what will leave me satisfied, don't just consider this lifetime. Consider eternity. And finally, I want to close by uh, just leaving you with the example of the Apostle Paul. Because the Apostle Paul, uh, he, in his Christian ministry, after he encountered Jesus, uh, he gave up a load of earthly treasures. Uh, Paul, uh, who was formerly known as Saul, had a lot of the things that in his society were, were valued and were treasured. He had uh, 
status and respect. He was a Roman citizen. He could potentially reasonably expect to attain various earthly treasures. And yet when Paul encountered Jesus, his life was transformed. Uh, Paul became a Christian. He decided to give his life to spreading the gospel. And this put Paul in great danger, where before he could be comfortable and expect to have these earthly treasures. Now, uh, Paul lived a difficult life, one in which he was uh, shipwrecked. He was constantly on the move. He was, uh, for most of his ministry, imprisoned, eventually executed. Paul suffered And yet he was able to say this in Philippians 4, verses 11 to 13. I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. You see, Paul made the decision that his treasure would not be earthly things but it would be Jesus it would be salvation and that enabled Paul to confront these terrible difficult challenges in life and yet be content I wonder if you want that contentment this morning that can weather every storm I I know I do um so lastly I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to read a prayer from um, Romans chapter 15 from Paul as well. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, we pray that you would be our hope. Uh, Lord Jesus, we pray that our treasure, our ultimate treasure, would be what you offer us freely, salvation, Lord Jesus. I pray for anyone here who uh, wouldn't call themselves a Christian yet, who is maybe thinking, I don't want to give up those other treasures. Lord, I pray that you would show them that actually you offer them something so much better than is available anywhere else. Then choosing you, they choose the better treasure. Um, And Lord, for those of us who are uh, believers already, Lord God, we pray, help us not to let, Things in this earth overtake you in our hearts, Lord God. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we would be empowered and encouraged to make you our ultimate treasure, Lord Jesus. You are awesome, Lord. We love you. Amen.